and welcome to Futures Focus, a fantasy baseball podcast centering around all the top prospects in the game, brought to you by Prospects 1500. My name is Alex Sanchez. Thank you again for joining us on what will be the last of our six-part series of going over 50 prospects for each division for six weeks in a row. We have finally got to the end, boys and girls, so if you've listened to all the other podcasts so far, thank you. The journey is just about complete. If you have not listened to the other podcasts, please go ahead and go back in the last couple of weeks and check it out. These have gone very long. We're usually trying to keep this to uh, 45 to an hour. All of the podcasts we've done in the last couple of weeks have gone over an hour. In fact, they're pushing closer to two, especially if you go with the special episode mm-hmm. we had going over our aggregate top 199, which is a super special episode. So after this one, go ahead and download and listen to that other one if you have not done so. I know that one's going to be a popular one. But anyway... Without further ado, let me introduce my guest for tonight, Nate Eckert, making an appearance again for what the fourth time this new season is joining me yes, tonight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, Hello. Absolutely. And we have our Angels correspondent, Andrew Rhodes, who's going to be helping us with the AL West. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Andrew. Nate and I all sort of Southern California ties here, so. Uh, this will be a a fun one for us. We are going to be talking about, of course, your Angels, but then the rest of the AL West. And we kind of just chatted about it before we went on air. Um, this division may not have as top-end type of talent when it comes to prospects, but that's okay. This is definitely a division where you're going to find guys that make an impact, but perhaps not at that all-star level. Do you think that's pretty fair to say, Nate? Yeah, definitely. Um, like we were just saying, uh, not too many tier one guys in uh, in the AL West uh, because right now um, it's pretty competitive. Uh, the Rangers are probably the only team I'm thinking about um, that hasn't really contended just in the past couple of years. So, um I think, uh, you know, with the A's, they're always going to be in the hunt. The Astros are obviously the Astros. Um, uh, the Angels, uh, sorry, Andrew, they've been struggling a little bit. Yeah, but, but They've been angeling it up. I understand. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I, I, think the, I think the MLB play is, is a bit uh, elevated. And therefore, of course, usually um, – unless you're the Dodgers, your uh, system is not going to be as uh, prevalent, usually because when you make a deal for a, a, a higher higher ranking you know, MLB regular, you have to give away prospects. And I think that's what we're seeing here. Yeah, so the Astros, we're going to go ahead and start with them because they're either everybody's most hated team or you're a fan of the Astros. I don't think there's really anything in between. Although, as a Braves fan, I sort of, like, appreciate the Astros. They gave us a World Series championship, and they've really never harmed us in any way. But I know they've definitely (laughs) harmed you guys in the Dodgers Mm -hmm. and Angels land. Mm -hmm. So let's get them out of the the way (laughs) first now. With the Astros, they've sort of gotten this mantra of being able to develop players really, really well and bringing out the best in players, whether it be unlocking things in the lower minors that 
nobody really thought they were capable of. And, you know, with prospects, there's not a lot of room when it comes to uh, getting a spot. You kind of have to make sure that you take that spot and you can ask Jeremy Pena. He was a guy that was a fringe top 100 guy about this time last year. And now we're talking about a World Series MVP. He definitely seized the moment. If you don't seize the moment on this team, you're not going to be lasting too long. So there are some openings, you know. Um, Jose Abreu did come over to replace Guriel, and you had Pena kind of taking over. Uh, but the team, team's definitely getting a little bit older otherwise with Altuve and Bregman. You know, Jordan and <clears throat> Kyle Tucker, certainly some of the best dynasty assets in the game. But uh, no Tier 1 players here. I think there are some people out there that might make the argument that Hunter Brown deserves to be in the Tier 1. I like him a lot. And I just couldn't float him up high enough in my rankings personally to have him as a tier one player. But I think that he has a chance to be a fantastic asset for you in Dynasty this year. Um, he's I really, think, really good. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, I think he's probably one of the safest players in the entire division's farm system. Because I don't I think at worst you're going to get a high leverage reliever. Right. Because I don't I don't think there's a question that his stuff can play in the big leagues. Right. We saw it. Um, I think it's all about does the command keep what uh, stay what it seemed like last year. Right. Um, He made two starts. And so, I mean, that's kind of that doesn't give you enough information. But um, if if he can't, he's always going to be a high leverage reliever. But if they can hit on the ceiling on him. You know, he's going to be a really, really good starter for a long time. Now, the problem with Hunter Brown is the rotation is stacked. And these guys are pretty healthy, except for the obvious exception of one guy, Lance McCullers, with yes. Valdez, Javier, Garcia, and Yerkiti not really having any injury history. And they're probably set. So luckily for Hunter Brown and unluckily for Lance McCullers, there is, does seem to be an opening and there really isn't much after Hunter Brown that could take over. So no, I, I, he's the fifth starter out of the gate. I think, don't you Nate? Yeah, I agree. Um, McCullers is always, is always just a, a total toss up whether or not like how many months we're going to see, like we could do, I'm sure there's like a, a Vegas side bet that you could do like uh, the over under on months uh, that McCullers will actually toe the mound. Uh, I would probably go like, I'm pretty sure like two and a half would be a solid, uh, over under, uh, in Vegas right now. So yeah, Hunter Brown, I, I would love to see him have a shot at the, at the fifth spot. Um, until he loses it, I think it's his, I think it's his, uh, by default just because of, uh, and McCullers isn't healthy as of right now, is he? No, no. that's what I'm saying. He's right. He's, he's got yeah. that spot unless he has a terrible spring, I'd imagine. Yeah, I would imagine that as well. Plus, somebody else is going to have to come up or they get a free yeah. agent. I don't know what they're going to do. But I can I can definitely see Brown coming out of, out of spring with the job. And um, he's got enough talent where uh, he could really he could really run with it. I mean, geez, look at Christian Javier and. Uh, Luis Garcia just oh, yeah. the past couple of years, you know, they, they went, I mean, Javier just last year was in and out of the bullpen uh, as frustrating as that was for me when I had him in my uh, redraft league. 
Um, but eventually he ended up winning it over and, and now I don't think he'll be going anywhere. <laughs> Period. All right, Nate, when we were at the futures game, I knew almost everybody really, really well. There was one guy there though, that I had no real background on. I maybe had heard the name, but it's Yanir Diaz, the catcher slash first baseman. He came to that futures game and he put on quite a show in batting practice. I was very, very impressed with him, especially since like I really knew nothing about him. He had a pretty good game. If I recall correctly, I'd have to double check that, but uh, 24 years old, like this guy's ready to go. And as a Braves fan, I got to know the Astros team really well. And one of the greatest times for me as a Braves fan facing the Astros was when Martin Maldonado was up because he never did anything except one time in game five, the one I was actually at in Atlanta. But I digress. Other than that, he is not very good offensively. So there is a position. Corey Lee's there as well, who I kind of like as well. But Diaz seemingly has this path. And if he can hit to be in this lineup, there's some sneaky dynasty appeal here, especially if you can you know, put him at first base at times to spell Jose Abreu. And um, he's pretty good behind the plate as well. So he can uh, he can definitely get some opportunities this year. Um, he might be one of the most underrated catching prospects in baseball, Andrew. Uh, yeah, I think he's he's really good. I, I just I have a problem seeing him play like a ton of time unless um, uh, Maldonado starts feeling like his body can't take it. I just think they're so in love with Maldonado over there. Um it's just, it's hard. Um, I think if perhaps after this season, I could see him getting more playing time. But if I had to guess, he's going to be a backup and probably with Maldonado catching over 100 games. So that's kind of what I expect. But I do think you could definitely see him in first base. Um, and I mean, with that bat, uh, he did well throughout his whole, um, his, his whole, all the minors. I mean, quite a bit of it was in pitcher friendly park or hitter friendly parks, you know, with, uh, corporate or with a Texas league PCL obviously is famous for that. And Asheville is a notorious hitter park as well, but um, I could definitely see him put up some good numbers and um, hopefully see that, that starting catching spot next year, obviously depending on what happens with Maldonado. Okay. I'm going to push back a little bit here, Andrew. Okay. I know what you're saying about those parks, but let's Houston's a good place to hit too. Now, let's do a pop quiz, guys. 2020, Martin Maldonado hit what batting average-wise? 217. Close, very good. Very nice, Nate. 215. In 2021, Martin Maldonado hit what for the World Series appearing Astros? One, in the, 180s? In, 172. And last year, Martin Maldonado hit? One, I'm, I'm guessing 150. 186. Oh, so, gosh. Okay. That's horrible. And uh, yeah. now it does come with 15 home runs last year, 12 home runs as well. But now you take the ballpark into consideration, plus you take the jump to the big leagues. Sure. But we're talking about back-to-back 90-plus RBI seasons, 300-plus batting average last two seasons. Like Also, if they, also if they, about – oh, go ahead. Sorry, Alex. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, if they, if they, I don't see the Astros struggling offensively. So, I mean, that's the, the thing. Also, by the way, Maldonado is 36 years old this year. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Like, 
Jose Abreu stinks. Altuve gets hurt. Bregman regresses. Pena regresses. Like, and they need offense. Boom, there it is. Diaz is Absolutely. up and ready to go. So I, I, I could definitely target. see that. Diaz Diaz also is a uh, exit velo uh, darling. He crushes the ball. So um, it, it's real. It's I don't think I don't sure. think that he was getting CNI singles and uh, and and beating out you know infield infield uh, swinging bunts. He he really no. gets a hold of the ball, and that's probably why he he put on such a show for you. Alex, uh, during yeah. batting practice at the Futures game. I was super impressed with him. And, uh, like, I'm looking at the rankings, and, like, he didn't even come close to our top 100. No. He's, uh, you know, I've seen him at – just have Roto-Wire up right now at 180. Like, like yep. this guy is not on anybody's radar. And catching prospects-wise, he's a he's like a bat-first decent catcher. I don't, I don't see – like, we're going to talk about maybe Shea Langoliers a little bit. Like – Honestly, people are going to take Shea Langoliers 100 times over him, but it might not be right. Anyway, um, I do need to take a short break here and talk about our sponsor, Fantrax, because it is March. That means we're just about a month away from actual baseball that counts, although I'm enjoying spring training a lot. But this is the month where you're going to want to scratch that fantasy baseball urge, and you need to sign up on Fantrax for a brand new league so that you can get entered into the new contest for March. It is going to be a league trip, if you will, a field trip to a ball game of your choice. So if you're in a 10 team league, 12 team league, 13, 14, whatever, you're going to take your entire league. If you win the contest out to a ball game of your choosing, which would be a lot of fun. And you can only get that. If you sign up for a new league today on fan tracks, which you absolutely should do because it is the best platform out there for baseball and for any sport it doesn't matter the customization that you can have here is insane i'm in the middle of a draft in multiple leagues right now and i love the new the the format that they have you can check your roster you can check the queue i mean everything is so streamlined and ready to go it's clearly the best we've talked about it for weeks and weeks on end here so again you need to go to fantrax.com slash prospects 1500 and sign up and as soon as you sign up, you'll be entered in. And every time you sign up after that, you will also be entered in. It's for new leagues. Doesn't matter how many, no limit. So go ahead and do that. And make sure you do that uh, Prospects 1500 because it does give us a little bit of the credit. It doesn't increase your odds or anything like that. I wish I could say that it did, but um, alas, it probably it does not. But still, we get the credit for that, and we appreciate that as well. So again, Fantrax.com slash Prospects 1500 and sign up today. All right, so. We spent a lot of time on those two guys, and I think it's well worth it because we're going to see them in the big leagues this year. Now, let's talk about some guys that are a little bit further away. Nate, I'm going to go ahead and divert this one to you because Drew Gilbert is somebody that you probably have a good uh, idea about. I I know Drew Gilbert from his swag (laughs) in uh, college. That guy had Mm -hmm. the most swag I've ever seen (laughs) in in college baseball. Mm Um, Mm -hmm. the Bryce Harper, if Bryce Harper played college baseball, it's what, what Drew Gilbert did. So, um, what do you think about Drew Gilbert? He's up at number three for us at the Astros. Yeah. I like Gilbert a lot. He's, uh, he's like a five tooler, but, um, all of, all of his, all of his, uh, skills seem to be, um, above average. Uh, he's a great athlete. Um, and he, and he's been able to, uh, 
he's been able to really sneak in there. I thought uh, because I I wasn't I wasn't I didn't know about his swag in college. Uh, <laughs> it was only after the Astros drafted him when I started really uh, looking into him. And uh, I like Gilbert a lot. He has uh, he has uh, every opportunity you know, the next few years to uh, perhaps take up an extra spot in the outfield. Um, who do they have? They have Tucker out there right now. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, oh, yeah, the outfield is uh, definitely open. It's Chaz, yeah. McCormick, uh, uh-huh, Brantley, yeah. I guess, is technically yeah. an outfielder. but An yeah. oft-injured outfielder nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, um, wide open, actually, got, really. Yeah, he's got he's got a hell of an opportunity to uh, to uh, keep that swag rolling and uh, make his way into Houston. And, you know, Houston's pretty aggressive when it comes to um, uh, promotions. I know they are with their pitchers. I don't know how much like Kyle Tucker. I remember he got a pretty early opportunity, but I do. I also remember people were getting upset about him not getting up him not getting called up fast enough, but I think he was called up a little too quick because he struggled quite a bit uh, before he got it going. But I, I think the opportunity is there, but it's going to take a year or two for sure. Andrew, I got a comp for you that will hit close to home for you. Are you ready for this? Go for it. Okay. Imagine Darren Erstad, but with Bryce Harper's attitude. Woo. Oh, Oh, <laughs> so he is an all out player with, the flair for the dramatic at least exactly. at least Bryce Harper was in his younger years I don't think so much now but like definitely in his younger years I think he definitely is still he loves oh you think spotlight. so yeah. I think oh, he loves, loves the spotlight it. yeah sure I, I don't I think he was a lot worse with at least oh. I shouldn't say a lot worse I should say he was a lot more flamboyant about yeah. it earlier on yeah. I will say that so with Gilbert the big thing is that, like you hate to play against him but if he's on your team you absolutely love him and I think that's like that Bryce Harper gene. But then you also see that all out, I'm going to go through a wall for you, right. Darren Erstad type, right. because he did oh, yeah. dislocate his elbow going yeah. into a center field wall in August. So I think. Which uh, is concerning know, as an outfielder, though. Sure. I will say yeah. um, you, you got to be careful because injuries can really derail your career. Ask Brian Buxton. Yeah. Who is, oh my God, who is the guy, the, oh my gosh, I, on, he was for the Phillies and he ran into the wall and bloodied up his nose. Who is it? Who is that guy? You guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, Victorino? No, not Victorino. Oh gosh. How long ago was it? Just a few years ago. Uh, it wasn't um, uh, the guy they traded away with on our team. Uh, Aaron Rowland. Remember oh. Aaron? Yeah. No. Aaron Rowland? No, I don't remember him at <laughs> you don't all. Remember that? He like <laughs> caught no. this ball and like went into the center field fence, and then his nose was just shattered and bloody. Oh gosh, <laughs> crazy! Fun. Oh yeah, Aaron Rowland. Sorry. Anyway, that was a. I didn't think we would be talking about Aaron Rowland tonight. So let's continue on. <laughs> um, Shout out. Let's get Shout let's get off Aaron these Rowland. Astros. Uh, <laughs> okay. There's just a few guys. Like I was. Pretty impressed with uh, Eric putting Colin Barber at number four ahead of Pedro Leon. I think the last two guys we probably could talk about. And then we can move on to your angels here. Um, Colin Barber, man, number four in a system with, you know, Pedro Leon, Will Wagner, Joe Perez, Forrest Whitley, even Corey Uh Lee, who we mentioned earlier. That's pretty high. 
Uh, doesn't have a huge write-up on him. You know, hit 307 home runs, speedy and tall, kind of the description there. So he must see something in Colin Barber um, because I I'm certainly would rather have Pedro Leon, I think, than um, I'd probably put Pedro Leon, too, in this system, if I'm being completely honest. What yeah, do you think, Nate? I would, yeah, definitely. Uh, he, you know, he did have a disappointing season last season, but uh, he's he's shown in the past that he can hit, and he can hit at the higher levels too. So I like Leon a lot. Um, I think he uh, turns it back around this year. Yeah, I mean, if he two twenty eight, seventeen homers, thirty eight stolen bases at Triple A, certainly right, disappointing, but fantasy wise, it would play. And he's going to be up yeah. soon. Like we mentioned that outfield. He can, he's he's yep. an outfielder now, essentially. He's not going to be yep. playing on the dirt anytime soon. Whether or not it's defensively or not, I mean, just this team is not going to allow him. So. And with the new stolen base rule, or, you know, with the new uh, uh, pickoffs, you can only do two of them nowadays. So, you know, the speed speed game is going to come into, uh, it's going to come to fruition yeah. a lot more than we think. And uh, yeah. Leon's one of those burners. So. Yeah. Underrated system here. Um, there's some guys down low, too. I'll just mention really quickly. I like Alex Santos a lot. Injuries kind of with him are uh, the caveat, but he has fantastic stuff. He's at number 15. There is, you know, like we said, some outfield openings there. Chaz McCormick was a guy that was kind of like on this list a year or two ago. And, you know, you could see Joe Perez kind of make a difference as well. But anyway, let's move on to your angels, Andrew. I, I made yes, you sir. go through the Astros and <laughs> okay. to your team. Um, all right, go ahead. Give me the, the lowdown on this system. And then I have a, a couple questions for you. All right. So um, obviously we have Logan O'Hoppy and Zach Neto at the top. They, um, Logan O'Hoppy, uh, he, he looks like he's going to be their catcher for many years to come, at least in, for the next six years, their starting catcher. Um, he's got all the tools. Um, he can hit. He can hit with power. The power may come later, a little bit later um, on this year. Maybe maybe in the next year he'll hit he'll hit more homers. But um, he's got he's got everything that you would want in a catcher. Um, Zach Neto really just drafted last year. They flew him through the minors. He's already made Double A. He um, he did really well with Double with uh the trash pandas and so i'm really excited uh there's a leg kick that people worried about but it doesn't seem to have bothered him um obviously the big the one that everybody um talks about in this system is quiero um edgar quiero for uh that played for the 66ers last year he he hit um and had a uh, he had a good he hit well and um hit for good power um but there's some concerns about him sticking um, they're defensively. Um, after that, it's um, there's a lot of pitchers and some young guys um, that uh, that have shown promise, but still need to fulfill some some of that with you know like somebody like Denzer Guzman who needs more strength, Warner Blakely who needs to stay healthy, Kyron Paris who needs to show that he he can hit consistently at the um, upper levels. He did well for his small stint, but needs to show it through full season. Um, and then guys like David Calabrese, who, um, who wasn't, didn't start off the best, but really finished very strong. Okay. Great recap. I love that because it, it does hit a lot of the guys that we definitely need to talk about. A couple sure. of uh, thoughts to just add on to that. 
mm-hmm. met Logan O'Hoppy at the Futures game. Yes. 80 grade, mm-hmm. 80 grade handshake. Oh, he is, <laughs> his his forearms are just like oh my goodness, they are firm but strong. not overpowering, right? And yeah, his politeness. Oh my oh. gosh, out of everybody in that we met that day, like he was so cordial, so polite, asking about us, like not many prospects, 19, 20, 21 year olds, sure. ask about you and mm-hmm. Gail, who I went with. You know, they had met before, and he was like asking about her. And stuff like that. I was just really impressed with O'Hoppy and uh, his batting practice. It was him and Shea Langoliers in Oakland, mm-hmm. uh, the Oakland catcher as well. That like they were taking batting practice really, really seriously. And guys like George Valera and Noel and Jordan Walker, they're kind of like messing around and having fun sure. in batting <laughs> practice. But O'Hoppy and Langoliers were like talking to Adrian Beltre and hey, what do you want me to do with this round? How Six to the right side and two to the left? All right, got it. And mm-hmm. like, they would go in there and do it. So he's a major leaguer for sure. And oh, yeah. I just hope that they start him out right away because let's go. So, <laughs> yeah, so far they like they um, had him catching Shohei Otani when he was here. They were trying to get him familiarized. I don't think there's any doubt that he's starting with the major league team. In fact, I could see him starting opening day. The question is, though, for Brandon Marsh, like, what do you think, Andrew? Was that is that a trade that like you might want to redo, or are you pretty happy with what what that came of that? I mean, if I'm the Phillies, I might want to redo it. Uh-huh. But I I I, lo- I like it. I mean, you're talking about Brandon Marsh, who I fantastic man. And by the way, if you're talking about you liked Ohapi as a person, Brandon Marsh is just as good, having met him too. Um, I I mean, you're you're exchanging one guy that could be really good. You know, I, I think he can be like Brandon Marsh could be an 800 bat with plus defense, you know, fantastic for the Phillies. Um, and I think Logan Ahapi could be fantastic for the angels. I think it was a great trade. I was surprised by it, but it was yeah. good nonetheless. Yeah. It was surprising for sure. You don't see those too often, but mm-hmm. honestly, if you're getting that 10 year catcher, as opposed to a, an outfielder, like, I mean, the angels have plenty of outfielders that they can make do with so oh yeah um zach nato at tier one that's the other question actually you have a few more but uh then nate feel free to chime in here as well but Mm -hmm. uh, zach nato Mm -hmm. you're you're telling me he's a multiple time all-star um i like nato i think he's a major leaguer as well to me he's a guy that I I just don't see him as an all-star caliber player. I think he's a guy that's going to be helpful for your team. But you're you're telling me all-star at multiple times with him? That's how confident you are in him. Yeah, I think he could hit. I, I think the only thing that would keep him from hitting or getting to the all-star level would be um, the power. But I think he can hit for it, and I think he could hit um, 20 home runs. I, I mean, I think that, and that I think that actually gets you to to an all-star type level. Whether that he actually gets all-star or not, but I think that he can get that level to where you're like, yeah, he should have been an all-star or he's an all-star. One of those two. I really do. I I agree. I'm with uh, Andrew on Neto. Um, I, you know, I was at the draft this year and uh, just seeing, seeing the poise that Mm -hmm. he was walking around with, you know, it's, it's something, some of the guys that were there were just on cloud nine. All of them were, I mean, let's be honest, but uh, Neto just stuck out to me because it just, it looked as if it wasn't like he had been there before, but you could tell he was 
the one in charge of like who he was going to speak with and how he was going to speak. And it, it wasn't like he was being led around. He was doing the leading. It was something that I picked up on that, you know, you don't really have a chance to see just from watching highlights. Um, and then, you know, the next thing I know, the dude's in double A hitting 320. And, <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I couldn't believe that they didn't, they start him at single A advance. Was yeah. They, they that, start him in high A. Yeah. So, and then he ends up, he ends up in double A and not only did he start in high A, but he crushed the ball. So, um, and, and Alex, this is, Alex knows, this is my, this is my, uh, to, to live by, uh, motto that the power will come. I mean, if you hit the ball as well as Neto does, eventually, once that man strength starts kicking in, the power is going to come. I mean, look at Pedroia, Dustin Pedroia. That's my comp mm-hmm. for uh, for Neto. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I could see why everybody, all the scouts loved him. You know, they weren't. It wasn't their top pick, but a lot of scouts loved him as a player. So yeah. you had you had Nato perhaps getting called up mid July, which I don't disagree with. I think he could be fast up to this. Uh, Angels team for sure, but mm-hmm. there's one guy that might beat him to the big leagues from that 2022 class, and he is on this same team, and we need to talk about him because he is so damn fun. Ben Joyce, oh, he's great camp, right, Andrew? Don't you think? I I I am trying not to hype him up that hard. I am trying to like keep my expectations lower. You know, the guy, um, you know, he's throw throws triple digits with regularity. You know, he, he's got a sweeping slider and then he had a cutter um, to pair with a slider because those sweepers, they're very platoon dependent. So if you can get a cut, uh, a one that goes the opposite way and, and helps you with the opposite handed batters, I, I mean, you could just, you could really make good work of them and just, you know, I'm trying to keep my expectations low. I, I'm glad you said that because this is my theory when it comes to Ben Joyce. We all want to look so smart when it comes to these prospects. We know so much about these guys. The guy throws 105. All right. Let's not overthink this. You can't hit 105. Like you can't. I don't care who the hell you are. You're not going to hit it consistently. Let's not overthink this. He's going to be the big leagues. He's going to be the the eighth inning. Roldis Chapman, as you mentioned, closer in no time. Like, just get oh, this yeah. guy on your team. He's cheap. I picked him up for free in my dynasty league that has like 60 minor league spots. Everybody doesn't want to get on the Ben Joyce train because it's so easy <laughs> to just say, well, he throws really hard. But like, let's just get on board. All right. I don't, I don't see the problem. I don't see it either. I think if you, the minute you saw him in double um, A and you saw what he did, I think you should like, you should have been, oh yeah, yeah. I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about the, him throwing in the strike zone. He did have that issue in college. That's why he wasn't a, um, a uh, closer for the Tennessee or even a high leverage reliever. But when he came to the angels, they set, they, they worked with him before he got to the, they put him to double a. And when he got there, he was, he was striking out everybody. He didn't walk very much and he looked better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And you can walk people. I don't like Chapman sure. doesn't, isn't this control artist by any stretch. No. He did fine. You know, he's so yeah. he doesn't have to be pinpoint. He just, like, come on, just bet on the arm there. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. He he, and just has to, he just doesn't have to be walking everybody. He just needs to be consistent, you know? Yeah. 
And uh, the closer out there in Anaheim, Carlo Estevis, Jimmy Herjid. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, honestly, I the, the bullpen is um, – it's not fantastic. I, I don't think it's as bad as everybody thinks, but it's not good. I, I honestly think that the bullpen will be made from with, within or there will be a trade somewhere. I just don't think they're going to end the season like this. Like, okay, you're running a team. You're playing MLB The Show. You're playing mm-hmm. over-the-line <laughs> baseball. And you have a closer that throws 105. <laughs> like, how are you not plugging him in right away in your team? I just don't. I think we're over. All, everybody is overthinking this. He should be a top. He should be He should be drafted in first-year player drafts. Like, sorry, he should. Fair and enough. he's not. He's not in, the, like, every one that I'm in. That's It doesn't go, like, as crazy as ours. Nate. What was That's I – rounds, but. <laughs> What was I looking yeah. at? I was reading this thing on um, fan graphs, right? There was a chat from Eric Longenhagen, and they were talking about the top 100, and he had a reliever, and he's like – a scout told him, you know, if you're going to have him, why not just – why not have Ben Joyce? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So – I'm just saying, just go get him. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he doesn't, if he flames out, whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. Half these prospects we're talking about are going to flame out anyway. But, like, yes. he's the most obvious reliever that's going to get you a huge, like, he's going to have 15K per nine. And, and there's nothing blocking him either. There's not a, and there's nothing it's not a great no, in there at all. Blocking him. If you Okay, if you're playing in a league that is saves only, I mean, sure. how are you going to get, like, do you really want to go trade for, Emmanuel Classe or Josh Hader and have to give up like one third know. of all closers get replaced yeah. throughout the season. So, I mean, I think it was one third or it's either one third gets replaced or one third retains their job. It's a, it's a heavy rotation uh, position. Yeah. I, I know what I hate closers. In yeah. fantasy. <laughs> That's why I want to get them so for much. free. Yeah. I want to get yeah. them for free and Ben Joyce is free right now. Yep. Absolutely. So, this team, the Angels, I, every year I do this, and maybe you do it too, Andrew, but, like, this team's not bad. Like, no. where's – I mean, the bullpen for sure, I get it, but if we add mm-hmm. Ben Joyce to that, kind of fixing it, make mm-hmm. a trade here or there. The rotation's not horrible. It's pretty good. Honestly, it's underrated. I think every, – Every position is good except maybe shortstop, and if we're bringing Zach Nato up, then we're good there. And, and I think Out David Fletcher set. can keep – keep that position for at least a half a mm-hmm. year and you'd be fine mm-hmm. yeah Fletcher or uh Ringifo as well is not bad i wouldn't Gio put it, i would is, not like him as a defender but yes yeah our shell is there this team's not bad i tell you but the prospects aren't great either like honestly i know you have nato and ohapi at tier one but that's honestly people could argue that I, i'm not sure. arguing you personally i like both of those players no it's understandable you, NATO, but uh, and again, I put these guys here. Like, I, I mean, so like, I expect there's going to be push. There should be pushback. I don't. They're borderline tier one. I just like them enough to put them tier one. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. This team confuses me so much <laughs> all the time. Fair enough. I, I mean, I, I the farm system is really improving. The um the development staff is light years ahead of it where it was two years ago. I mean, they, they basically are replacing most of their hitting coaches out um, in the, in the system. So like, you're going to get a lot of the hitting coaches. There's a couple that were lower level that did really well. So they're, they're going to have that. So I'm hoping the development with the hitters to take a step forward. Cause I like the development with the pitchers right now. Do you think, do you think that uh, a lot of the systems success just as of late, 
is more or less um, based upon the injuries that have been going on because I'm looking down the list here, uh-huh. you know, like Jordan Adams, that one hurts. Uh, uh, who else? Um, oh, uh, Kyron Joe Harris, Adele, like, he come hurts. on, yeah, uh, Warner Blakely, Jeremiah Jackson. I just feel like they've all like none of them have had like a full, full, full like two seasons strung together of you know, uh, non. Well, so for instance, Warner Blakely, that's definitely a health thing, right? And I, I, I can understand that because I can't really, eva- I can't say if it's a breakout or not, you know, because it, it looked great in. Until yeah, he got injured for I, a second time. Right. Um, Jeremiah Jackson, I just think he's a streaky hitter, to be honest with you. I think he's a power right. hitter, and that's, that's streaky. Kyron Paris, um, I think he got sucked into high A, where he hits in Tri-City, and no one hits in Tri-City. It's one of the worst places to hit in the minor leagues. And so some of the things got out of whack. He went down to um, the ACL in August, came back up, and was on fire the rest of the season. You know, got moved up to double A and just... It was just insane. Um, but there are some injuries and some poor performances. Um, and um, I just think that uh, as we've gone in and more of Perry Manassian's philosophy of drafting hitters, not athletes, has started to take effect here. So that's why you're going to see some better players move up. All right, I'm too confused with this system and this Major League team. I need to take a break, so let's go ahead and do that now. We'll come back right after the break to talk about the A's, Rangers, and the Mariners as well. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And we're back. Nate Eckert joining me. Of course, I'm Alex Sanchez. And then my special guest today, Andrew Rhodes. We just got done talking about the Angels and the Astros. And now we're moving on to perhaps the bottom half of the division, although the Mariners are certainly in uh, on the rise. But the Athletics and the Rangers have not been uh, too competitive last year or so. And uh, the A's don't really show much hope going forward this year. They might have the worst major league team I've seen in quite a while this side of Pittsburgh. They are horrific. <laughs> I mean, if we take I just really quickly. OK, so when we talk about these prospects, because they're not that exciting either, by the way, these prospects we're about to talk about for trading Matt Olson, Sean Murphy, Starling Marte, uh, Chris Bassett. Like this is what they got to show for. It. It's pretty pathetic. But this is what these prospects have to get to. You have to beat. Jesus Aguilar at first, Tony Kemp at second, Jace Peterson at third, Nick Allen at shortstop, Seth Brown and Ramon Liriano, and maybe J.J. Blade in the outfield. And if you're a pitcher, all you have to really do is beat out Paul Blackburn. And <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, there's two other guys that are probably prospects we'll consider, like Fujinami and Walden Chuck. But, like, there is so many ways to get to the major leagues on this team. This is one of the 
worst major league rosters I've seen in years, Nate. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I hadn't fully realized just how bad they were until you just literally read <laughs> the uh, starting lineup to me. Uh, yeah. You know, as as you were starting to make your case for how bad the MLB team is, I was I was thinking to myself, yeah, they got rid of Matt Olson, yeah, they got rid of Matt Chapman, yeah, they got rid of this, they got rid, you know, it just keeps going. But I don't know for whatever reason, it just seems like you know by the time August rolls around, there's they're gonna be ten games over five hundred. And uh, Billy Bean's going to be making another run, you know, at a wild card or, you know, something. Just seems like the A's always have some sort of way to get, you know, into contention. But you're you're right. It is a a terrible opening day, Ross. (laughs) Okay, so uh, those guys you mentioned, you mentioned Chapman. I forgot to mention Chapman a few years ago for sure. But uh, don't forget Frankie Montas as well. When we go oh, yeah. over these top top prospects that they have, like Estre Ruiz isn't on our. Oh, he wow, he had Estre Ruiz at six. Okay, that's crazy. But um, <laughs> that's Nick Leonardo. I'll have to talk to Nick. Um, but when we talk about these guys, we're gonna Soderstrom's number one, drafted mm-hmm. by them. Zach Geloff, mm-hmm. drafted by them. Daniel mm-hmm. Suzek, uh, drafted by them. Drafted, Ken Wallenchuk yeah. comes from the Yankees. Kyle Muller comes from the Braves. Ruiz comes from uh, the Brewers slash Padres, but like, shouldn't we have like all these top prospects from these other teams? Max Muncy drafted, Denzel Clark yep. drafted. Like, where what yep. is the show for all this? And I know Shea is in the majors, but like, what were they doing? Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a controversial take. You don't sell off players for prospects. You sell off players, especially with what the A's are doing. You sell off players because you're getting ready to do a full rebuild and you want the top picks. It's kind of what the Astros did and what the Braves did. Yeah, no, that's a great point, Andrew, and I'm glad you brought that up because um, there, there are good guys. Like like I, mm-hmm. I mentioned the, the depth chart because there's spots for these guys. Okay, let's talk mm-hmm. about how good Tyler Soderstrom is. Definitely a Tier 1 player for me. Ooh. Nate, mm-hmm. Tier 1 player for you? Absolutely, without yeah. question. Fantastic. He's not going to be a catcher. So get that out of your system now. Maybe you get one year of eligibility. He is not playing over Shea Langliers ever. No. Maybe as no. a backup once in a while, if you're extremely lucky. He's not good behind the plate either. But everything else about his profile screams fantasy asset. Go get right now. And don't let prospect fatigue hit you with him because he's been around for a while and he's been pretty highly thought of since he was drafted a couple of years ago, and he has done nothing but be impressive this entire time. 29 home runs in 2022 with a 267 uh, batting average, 12 home runs, 306 batting average in 2021. Like the fatigue is the only reason why you might not see him as high as he should be on some list. So do not let that happen. Scott and I kind of talked about Soderstrom in that special episode. He is so good and he is probably underrated at this point. A lot of, and, and, as L.A. guys, we we probably don't get this, but if you're not living in the West Coast, these guys do get underrated pretty quickly, whether you're on oh, the yeah. A's or you're on the Giants or you're on the Dodgers, not so much, but the Mariners. The, the Angels, the Mariners, Mariners. Like these guys get underrated, if, especially if you're playing in a league, like if it's not your buddies and you're not in California and you're playing with all around the country, like Soderstrom yes. can be had for very cheap, mm-hmm. considering how yeah. good he is. 
I mean, he's 20 so, that, and got to AAA. Yeah. 20. Yeah. He's so yeah, good. And, and excelled and excelled at AAA, and excelled, too. Yeah. Not just, not just, you know, getting there also. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, Sostrom is the, he's the real deal. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah. And he just went, he just went, what, like three for four the other day. Um, I know it's spring training or whatever, but it's spring training, you know, and he's 21 years old and he went three for four, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's a triple shy of the cycle, I think. Oh. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. A triple the shy, hardest part. A triple sh- there it is. So, him, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like he's getting, it's not like, it's not like he's getting any worse. <laughs> no. So, yeah, I would absolutely uh, uh, advise everyone to do their best to invest in Sodashram. For sure. Now, that's the only tier one player that Nick has. And this is one of the rare cases where I kind of feel like we should put Estri Ruiz up at number one uh, in the tier one. I mean, uh, not ahead of Soderstrom, mm-hmm. but Ruiz for me, like. He is fantastic. OK, as a Padre prospect, I got to see him for a long time and he was always in the 20s and 30s for me. And every time I wrote him up, I said, He's making steady progression. The ceiling is there for him. He just has to work his way up to it. And that's what he was doing. He was going like low A, high A, double A. And it was slow. And it was nothing that's going to grab your attention until last year when he completely broke out. (laughs) But it wasn't like this random thing that just happened. You could have seen it coming if you were following him closely, which, you know, for for better or worse, I I was following him pretty closely. And... The things that he's doing are the things that his ceiling always suggested he could do. He's blazing fast. He has a fantastic hit tool. So if you want a guy that's potentially going to steal 30 to 40 bases on the low side with a potential of Corbin Carroll 50-ish you know, stolen bases, this is your guy. Christian Pache is not going to get in his way. He's going to play, okay. I believe, right away or at least within a month. And stolen bases, we don't know how rare they're going to be. I think Nate and I sort of touch on that a couple of times the last couple of weeks that we they might be more um, than we you know than we ever have seen before, but they also might not. Who knows? Um, yeah, but the, the data suggests they're about they're going to be about what happened in 2012, based on spring training data and how much we were were running in spring and how much we were running then. So what so happened in 2012? Who hit? Uh, who stole 50 bags? The rookie of the year, the MVP runner-up, the greatest player of our generation, uh, Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Yeah. Ronald Acuna. Oh yeah, right. Um, <laughs> 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 um, what do you think, Nate? Is uh, was Ruiz in your tier one? Do you think? Uh, before. Before listening to your to your uh, plea, no, <laughs> only because I just I just uh, he wasn't on my radar. If I'm being completely honest, uh, but he did break out in a in a massive way last year, and uh, and I I this is my uh, this is how much I respect you, Alex. Mm. Um, after listening to your reasoning and i know that you watched him very closely and the ceiling was always there you did a great job of explaining um he's he's there so to me after hearing what 
what you just said, I don't have any problem with it because ceiling wise, if we're talking 40, 50 steals and uh, a really great hit tool and I'm assuming above average defense in the outfield, uh, that's, that's an all-star and that's uh, a few years, you know, that would be a tier one. So um, I don't have any problem with it. So Andrew, what do you think really quick? I have one last thing. Sure. Um, you kind of convinced me. I like looking at him closely. I love the contact ability, you know, with a, with a guy like this, you want to make sure he hit, get, makes contact, gets on base. Um, so you, you've made a com- very, very, very compelling argument for that. And, you know, he did get a cup of coffee, but again, it's a cup of coffee in, in the big leagues. Anything can happen. Um, and he's not blocked. He's going to have the green light because there's nobody on that team that's going to tell keep him from stealing because there there's no big boppers. There's nothing, nobody that you're like, yo, we don't want you to accidentally get out because, you know, this guy could hit a home run and win us the game. You know, there's nothing like that. So, yeah, I could I could see it. I I, I like it. Now, one last thing, like I said, mm-hmm. the on-base percentage in 2022. Now, he did have a very high uh balls in play average which mm-hmm. we could probably consider to go down but with the speed not not as much as you would think but he had a 447 on base percentage he improved the walk and that was the thing that was kind of always holding him back he he yeah. took walks this year in 2022 and then finally the last thing how many stolen bases did he have in 2022 Nate 73 Andrew over under on 73 I'm, I'm looking at it I can't oh, I can't say uh, it. 85 stolen bases. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't have looked, but yeah, it was. It's, wow. It's a stupid amount. Absolutely wow. stupid. That is so dumb. Oh, my God. 85? Jesus. All right. Well, I'm glad we got everybody on the Ruiz bandwagon. Now, there are a couple other guys here. Let's go a little bit quicker. I think Jordan Diaz is an interesting player. He's. Probably going to be the second baseman. Like, honestly, I mentioned Tony Kemp earlier, but the problem is with Diaz is he's going to have like this empty batting average with no power and no stolen bases. So Mm -hmm. if you but he's a middle infielder that's going to play every day, perhaps. So he's somebody to keep in mind. I mean, second base is terrible right now. So it is. Yeah. Kyle Muller, as a Braves fan, I feel like I can talk on him a little bit as well. Um, I don't think you can get a better. Uh, body type for a left-handed pitcher than Kyle Muller. The guy is completely yoked, and he's six foot seven, um, and he throws pretty hard. Not like as hard as you maybe expect when you saw him. Like, oh, this guy throws a hundred, but he's like in the 94, 95 range. Mm-hmm. Certainly good. The controls all over the place, but he's going to get a lot of chances there because I do feel like the A's need to prove that they were smart with these trades. So Muller is going to get a big chance. Uh, same with Walden Chuck. Like, he looked pretty good last year. At times, not at other times, not so much, but they're going to want to make sure like, hey, look, at we we traded this injured Montas to the Yankees and look at who we got. Yeah. Look at how smart we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they definitely need to recoup some um, fan uh, fan love after what they gave up for um, the um, Olsen and Chapman. I think they got a lot of hate for that because they they looked up and it was post hype prospects or um, guys who you just felt were not to the level that you should think you would think you would get for those guys. I know another guy at the futures game we saw Nate Denzel Clark mm-hmm. hasn't mm-hmm. really though 
kind of uh, might be the high point for him is that futures game. Yeah. Um, so I still keep an eye on him. I think he's like a super fun prospect to have and to follow. Um, yeah. Two guys down here. Let me see uh, if, if you guys are uh, high on these guys. I've seen some people be very, very high on them. We'll start with you, Andrew. Mason Miller, Gunnar Hogland. Any of those two scratch your fancy? Um, Gunnar Hogland's always a name that's been around for a while. Um, I mean, he's just he's pretty far away. I don't really know. I mean, he he did well for Mississippi, but he basically had what eight innings? He's had eight innings in professional ball. I I mean, he I don't know what to make of him yet. This is sort of the range where we're getting guys that come from other systems. Freddie Tarnock, yes. Ryan Cusick, JT Ginn coming in. Mm-hmm. I like Cusick for a second. He's got great stuff. Freddie Tarnock's going to probably be a major leaguer for a while, too. Like None of these guys are all-stars, but certainly they're going to be playing for them in some sure. capacity. Yeah. I don't know. Anything else to say about the A's here? Uh, I mean, Henry Bolt, I like him. The uh, recently drafted uh, um, outfielder for uh, out of he was a prepster, uh, drafted uh, over slot two million dollars. Uh, even though he went, I think in the second round, um, and uh, a really great athlete. Um, I like Henry Bolt. Great name too. I'm a big proponent of uh, of uh, great names <laughs> leading to uh, uh, MLB success. <laughs> hey, hey Nate, um, mm-hmm. what do you think about Ryan Noda? He came over from the Dodgers in the Rule 5, and I, I saw him play in spring training recently. I thought he looked decent, but what do you what can you tell me about him? Um, seeing if yeah. he could he could stick around. He's got um, he's got really great power. Mm-hmm. Um, he, but he reminds me a bit too much of like uh, Chris Davis from, I mean, uh, the Orioles, Chris Davis, who was incredible for that one year. And then pretty much the rest of his career was, uh, you know, a train wreck. But uh-huh. uh, I'm not saying that that's what is going to happen to Nota. It's just that that seems to be the type of player that he is. Um, he uh, He does he does have a good eye and that's why uh, he, I think he reminds me a lot of, uh, of uh, Chris Davis, but I think he also strikes out a bit too much also, but his, he's got great power and, uh, but he's kind of old also, you know, 20, 26. Um, But again, you know, there's not going to be anybody blocking him at first base uh, in Oakland. So nope. he'll probably get a he'll probably get a shot. Uh, will he will he run with it? I I probably wouldn't. Uh, I probably wouldn't uh, bet on that. Sure. Man, so we went Darren Erstad, Chris Davis, and Aaron Rowland today. Look at that. <laughs> Three of it. Who I love those. It? Three of my favorite Bobby. players, like that are under the radar type of guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those. Love Chris David. Um, How about Logan right. Davidson, huh? How, he's fallen oh. off, hasn't he? he? Was he ever up? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. he was a first round. He was a first rounder, right? Yeah, I have an auto first Bowman of him, so I would like him too. 
But yeah. um, let's move on to the Mariners because as I'm looking at the Mariners here, the A's have a bunch of guys that if you need somebody, like we said, you know, Jordan Diaz to play mm-hmm. second base for you, Esther Ruiz, like these guys are going to play right away. The mm-hmm. Mariners are the exact opposite of that. If you like 18-year-old, 19-year-old guys <laughs> that are years and years away but could potentially be like top 20 players in the big leagues mm-hmm. this is your your system because this is all it is yeah. now everybody has graduated they're in the big leagues and all that's left are <laughs> extremely risky extremely rewarding type of players no tier one players uh, yeah uh, no tier one players according to pj Benicio. i tend to agree with that i mean according to my rankings i agree with that i did manage to get gabriel gonzalez on my top 100, a lot of people had Harry Ford on their top 100, but certainly not a tier one player. And, you know, after that, there isn't really anybody that's going to to manage a tier one. So I do agree with that. But, man, Gabriel Gonzalez, um, I think that, again, 19 years old, the things he was doing in single A as an 18-year-old, 116 WRC plus, 321, seven home runs, nine stolen bases, two years younger than the average age for the level. This is where you have to jump in, unfortunately, on these Tatis, Acuna type of players. Not saying that he's going to be one of those guaranteed, but you have to jump in now. The price is pretty high. It gets to the point where, like, you don't really want to spend that on a 19-year-old in single A, but, you know, a year ago he was kind of popping up. You got to jump on those types of guys. I can't say I'd fully believe in him, but I'm definitely worth gambling on him for a lot um, in a lot of my leagues. Because, again, he's not a top 75 prospect, but he's certainly somebody that could be within a year or two. He's fantastic uh, in terms of talent. So keep an eye on him. But uh, what do you think, Nate? Uh, Any tier one players for you on this list? No, I think uh, I think. I don't think that there's anybody that I'd be willing to go out on a limb and say uh, multiple, you know, all-star appearances. I do, I do. I like Gabe Gonzalez also. Um, I drafted him in uh, our, uh, the beat the staff prospect uh, dynasty league, the uh, prospects 1500 dynasty league. Um, So he's, he's waiting in my farm uh, in that league so, and I, I, I'm pretty sure that I took them in, uh, say, probably like the sixth round. So I paid a little bit for them. But for me, it was just, it was fun, you know. Uh, I think the the obvious comp is, you know, for people dreaming on him is the next uh, Jose Rodriguez. But, I mean, come on, let's be let's be honest. There's, there's only so many of those guys around. Jose Rodriguez? Uh, Julio. Julio. Oh, I'm sorry. Did, what did I say? Jose. Oh, Jesus. No, I'm sorry. Julio Rodriguez will edit that one up. <laughs> um, yeah. No, we are not. Uh, Julio, Julio Rodriguez. Uh, but uh, I'm not willing to, to go that far. But he's uh, he's exciting. He's athletic. He can hit. Uh, he, but he's just young, you know, so wait and see. He's one of those fun guys. Uh, I love these these youngsters. Not like you were just doing the intro, uh, Alex. This is my type of uh, system, and it just 
it, I just so happened to have, you know, grown up in Seattle also. So that works, but, um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm always excited about dreaming on the, the baby prospects, the youngsters like Cole Young. I like he's a, you know, their first rounder from the 2022 draft. He had a really great, uh, pro debut, um, really good hit tool from the left side, pretty good shortstop as well. So he's exciting. Um, there's a lot of guys in here that I like Bryce Miller. Uh, he's got a, a howitzer for an arm. I read that, uh, that was a quote from one of the pitching, uh, one of the pitching coaches of the Mariners. Um, throws like 98, 99 with crazy, uh, arm side fade and and rise from a weird like three quarters um uh, arm slot and uh brian Wu, that's another one uh that's uh catching a lot of smoke lately he had a great afl arizona fall league appearance um but i think more so than anyone prelander baroja oh, right hander yes. yes yeah uh right hander um, who was in double A last year. Uh, I think, I think he is going to be, uh, on par with like the next, uh, kind of like Fromber Valdez slash, uh, he's a righty, so he can't really be Fromber, but, um, one of those guys who, who uh, who cracks the rotation and he stays and he ends up being a, a, a second or a third uh, starter for the Mariners. Love it. He's got a lot of helium as well. Um, all right. I want to, uh, you know, we're at the point of this podcast where like you're listening uh, at this point, we're about almost uh, 45 minutes in. I got a dynasty startup league and I'm on the clock right now. So I want to get live picks in and help. Mm. You too, okay. It's a draft and you can get the major league or the minor league. So your call. So what round are you in and who do you have? Yeah. I had the number one overall pick. And you, you still haven't taken them? Oh, no, I, I we're in like round 20 right now. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah. okay. So. So is your team more heavily, uh, where is it leaning? Is it more heavily uh, MLB or prospects? It's definitely, yeah, my my oldest player is about 25, 26. <laughs> Good. So, okay. Not, so to, not to take too much time up here. Basically, it's, uh, Andrew, you got, I got back-to-back picks, okay? Okay. So Royce Lewis, Jose Miranda, Josh Naylor, Aaron Ashby, Tamar Johnson, Joe Ryan, pick two of those guys. Pick one. How about you pick one and then Nate, you pick the other? Um, yeah. I'm going to take the the chance on a, a really good upside. I'm going to take Joe Ryan, believe it or not. That's... Yes. Okay, good. I was, gonna, I was looking at Ryan, so mm-hmm. bam, we're taking Joe Ryan. Okay, Nate, who do you want from those guys? Absolute no-brainer, Tamar Johnson. Okay, tomorrow. I love it. Let's do it all day. I agree with that one. I was gonna maybe go Royce, but we'll do tomorrow. 
I mean, there's still concerns. He's coming off the ACL injury. I want to see how he, he performs there. Some risk. Fantastic. All right, let's drift uh, Tamar right there. You heard the sound. It's done. Wow, that's great, man. Joe yeah. Ryan and Tamar Johnson back to back. Yeah, we'll take it. Got him. Fantastic. All right, let's move on. Now, there's two other guys I got to mention here. They're going to fit the years away and probably will bust more likely than not, but still we need <laughs> to talk about. Um, that is Lazaro Montez, who he has at number nine. And then mm-hmm. also Felnin Celestin, shortstop, who was just drafted this last bonus as uh, 17-year-old. But a $4.9 million bonus is certainly no joke. Those are two guys that you need to keep an eye on. Honestly, I don't want to endorse them fully and say you got to go get them. But you should at least do your due diligence on those two and see the price, who you'd have to give up. I mean, all of that t- comes into play. I'm not, I'm not saying drop great guys to get those two but man um if you like gabriel gonzalez those two are right up your alley as well oh man all right that's the mariners let's go ahead and move on to our last one here the rangers so out of all the systems the rangers is probably the best out of the al west and there are some guys here at the top i really really like this list was done by brian cox longtime member here of Prospects 1500. Uh, Two guys in the tier one, perhaps not one of the guys that some of you listeners are thinking because you you might immediately think Jack Leiter, not part of the tier one, which I 100% agree with. In fact, uh, yeah, okay, I put Jack Leiter three in the system. But Evan Carter and Josh Young are the two cream of the crop for this Rangers team, which is already pretty loaded with some of those signings in the last couple of years. But Josh Young, Evan Carter, they're going to be difference makers, and they are really, really good. What do you think, Andrew? Do you agree with Tier 1 for both of those two? Um, Definitely for Josh Young and um, Evan Carter. I mean, yeah, I got to be honest. Yeah, that definitely makes sense to me. Young young guy, 19 in AA, he absolutely blew it up. Um, Destroyed the Sally Lee or um, High A. So I think I think it's good. I think this is good, good um, pick set for tier one. Nate, you and I talked about Evan Carter. Love the approach, the patience. He is a yes. major leaguer in terms of the approach, and he's 19, 20 years old doing this sort of stuff. Yes. So, you know, there's not there's not many safer prospects at this age than Evan Carter. So if if you're a conservative type of guy and and but you still want the youth. In a prospect, Evan Carter is your guy. Josh Young, not much more to say. We've talked about Young quite a bit throughout the years here. He's ready to go. He, We wouldn't even be talking about him if it wasn't for a, a kind of a freak shoulder injury, but that's behind mm-hmm. him now, and he will be starting for them for a long time. Um, yeah. Now, is, I don't know if he's going to be a superstar, but I could see him having some really, really good seasons as well. Um, I think he's just really safe. So, again, prospects, like you said, if you're doing dynasty dra- uh, draft like like I'm doing and you want prospects that are really, really safe are going to play for you right away, yep. Josh Young is the guy for that. Um, but what do you guys think about Jack Leiter? We sort of talked about him on that podcast. I, I, I shared my thoughts with him. I'll let you guys go ahead and share what you think. Andrew, we'll start with you. Jack Leiter, tier two, number three in the system. I think there's a lot of tantalizing there. 
Um, I really am concerned with the rocks. I mean, he wasn't exactly the command artist in, ten, in uh, with Vanderbilt. Um, so seeing him come to double A. Now, again, he is jumping from college to double A, which is a gigantic leap. Um, it's a big deal. So I want to see those those numbers, see if he can adjust to the league. Um, that's the only concerning thing. Other than that, I'd be, I'm all, all on board. I do agree tier two, at least for the, for the, uh, for the current or the present, maybe in the future, I could see a move to number one. If he comes in this year and in the beginning, in the first half and absolutely dominates. Nate. True or false. The Rangers taking Kamar Rocker was the most surprising thing about the draft in 2022 for you? Uh, yeah, true. Definitely true. I, uh, I liked uh, Kumar in, at Vandy, who didn't, you know, watching him strike out well, however many, it was 19 or 20 or something like that, in the uh, Super Regional, I believe, to get into the College World Series. That was special. I watched that entire start, uh, the whole game, and uh, he was electric. Um, but I, I think that's what they were banking on, was that his skill set is still going to be there. Um, but, I mean, if if I were to make a pick between the two of them, for me, it's lighter all day. I, I, I love Jack Leiter. I've I've loved him since Vandy, even when he was a prospect coming out of high school. I remember watching a lot of tape on him uh, in the before the 2022 draft. Um, but just like Andrew said, uh, I, I do not agree with the uh, Rangers' decision to put him immediately in Double A out of college. He threw a lot at Vandy. They they always went to the World Series uh, during his tenure. He had a lot of innings on his arm already, um, not to mention all the different uh, travel leagues, et cetera, that he played in before he was at Vandy. So I think really he just got tired and they did him a disservice by starting him in double A where I said this before, that's, that's, where, you know, it separates the men from the boys. And AA has always been a, a proving ground for prospects. If they're going to make it, um, then they're going to have to get past AA. And I think it was unfair, you know, frankly, to put him at AA straight out of college. Um, I love his makeup. I love his stuff. Uh, again, his dad course was a, a major league pitcher for eons and uh, uh again i've talked about this before i, I love the kids of uh ex mlb players um and i i like i, I like everything there is a, about lighter sure he's got some uh control issues but i think more or less it's it's uh it's um uh mechanical issue i i don't think it's the yips i don't think it's uh, anything more than a tweak, and I have no doubt that he'll um, correct it, and he'll be back. He's only 22, so um, yeah, I like lighter. 
So I mentioned earlier that lighter at number three was okay, but I've changed my mind because I forgot because he is so low on this list. Uh, Justin Harris at number eleven. I would I would have him on Whoa. a fringe tier one to tier two player. I think I got him up to the sixties in my rankings. I love mm-hmm. Justin Harris. Saw him at the Futures game. He looked like he belonged. He is going to be kind of the, what we hoped Nick Prado would be, where. You know, first baseman, maybe, but he's going to give you 20 stolen bases, perhaps, from that position, which is extremely valuable. You can't forget that in fantasy. Like, <laughs> if you can get 20 stolen bases from your first baseman, and you remember when Freddie Freeman was doing that and, like, Joey Votto mm-hmm. were doing that? Like, it's just a huge boost, even if it's not even 10, even if it's 7 or 8, and they're hitting 300 with 30 home runs. Like, yeah, Dustin Harris is freaking good. And at 11 is pretty crazy for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for uh, sure. He's fantastic. And he's double A. He's done really well. Now, he did kind of, you know, he came out of nowhere a year ago. And he didn't have the greatest 2021 by any stretch. Although the on-base percentage was there and, uh, you know, the power speed's still there. So I, I think Dustin Harris is a nice little buy-low candidate right now. I don't think, I think people still have him on the top 100 in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. He's a guy that um, I would not forget about in any stretch. I got, um, I've got a comp. I got a comp for uh, Dustin Harris for you guys. Uh, another name to throw out, and uh, being uh, a Texas prospect, I think he's a bit of Mark Teixeira. Mm. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, that would be really nice. I'm telling you though, like. 20 home runs, 25 stolen bases in 2021, 17 home runs, 19 stolen bases, 2022. Even if he's not a superstar first baseman, if he's doing that with the stolen bases, you can win a lot of leagues that way. (laughs) So, like, go get him. Even, like, the downside is you're kind of protected with him. All right, Andrew, let's see. Who else should we talk about? I, I think Justin Foscue is a guy that a lot of people are interested in. He's close to the major leagues. Cole Wynn is close to the major leagues as well. Uh, we met. Uh, I met Antoine Kelly at the, the Futures game. It's so funny with him. He uh, he was really like, didn't know what was going on. I was like, hey, you're going to get in today? And he's like, I don't know. We'll see. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You're just kind of here for it. <laughs> it was funny. From the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, yeah. So... Uh, anybody else you want to talk about, Andrew? Um, let me see. Who do I what would like to talk about? Um, Owen White. I mean, we we haven't talked about him yet, and I think he had a fantastic um, fantastic year for them. I, I honestly think, like, if I'm going, hey, who's who's who am I like? Who's my pick uh, for their next pitcher that they're going to bring up? And I, be a starter, I should say, because I could see Kuma Rocker be in the bullpen this year. I think it's got to be Owen White. I think he's re- more ready, definitely more ready than Jack Leiter. I think he's he, he can be really good for them. And with that rotation, there's a good likelihood that they're going to need pitchers because they have a ton of guys that haven't been able to stay healthy. And so I think it can be really, really good and um, somebody who should be um, picked up or at least on rosters. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, you're talking about DeGrom and Evaldi, Aaron yeah. Heaney, Andrew John Gray. 
Like those are good players when they're pitching, but certainly injuries have plagued them yes. throughout their careers. This is a team that does have some openings, right? I mean, you got Nate Lowe at first, seemingly pretty good to go. Seager, Simeon, uh, Marcus Simeon at second. But after that, I mean, Adolis Garcia is pretty established. You have Tavares, Grossman, Bubba Thompson, Josh Smith, um, Brad it, Miller, Mitch Garver. Like there's some there's some spots here for for these prospects to to come up. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've got a few players that you really like on the the Rangers, and then a bunch of guys that you're like, I would probably want somebody better in that spot. It's not a very deep lineup, but it does have some good players in it. Yeah, and the system isn't one that's going to be like, okay, just wait, like it's on the way. Certainly, no. you know, Young's already part of that equation. He's playing every day. At the start, Evan Carter's not quite ready, maybe another year. But we saw it last year when, you know, Bubba Thompson and Josh Smith and Ezekiel Duran, these guys will come up and they'll get a shot. And, you know, Bubba Thompson had some stolen bases that you could take advantage of. And Josh Smith wasn't horrific. Um, And maybe, you know, Foskey was going to be that guy this year. Or like you said, Owen White, Cole Wynn. Raggins is another pitcher down here, Cole Raggins. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, Trevor Halver from the Yankees, he's going to be in double A. He's probably close to being ready. Davis Wenzel's been in the system for a while. These are all guys that you might see in, in 2023 that yes. could get extended playing time. So much like the A's, there are some opportunities here for these prospects. Um, I do like the system better than anyone else in the division. Sorry, Andrew. But it's okay. uh, the, the top just make it really excited. I mean, Evan Carter, Josh Young, and then I'm I'm going to include Dustin Harris in that. Then you can include Jack Leiter. A lot of people would include him. Um, so this is a good division uh, or good good team for prospects in a division that's relatively weak in terms of the minor leagues. But uh, you know what? We're done. We did it. We're Nate. We got through all teams. We can we start baseball it. season now. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, Thank Andrew. You. Um, yeah, so, uh, fantastic. Again, check out the, the special episode that we did. Nate, you were on that and Uh uh, we had a bunch of other writers as well. We went over the aggregate top 199, fascinating stuff to go over. It's a good list, good piece of practice as well. And of course, if you're interested in any of the other divisions, we have done extensive talks on them on uh, the last (laughs) six weeks or so. So moving forward, we are done. We're going to get back to sort of the 45 to one hour type of podcast. We got some predictions to go over. We got spring training stats to overanalyze. We got position <laughs> battles that are going to be decided that we need to talk about. We're going to look at placements of players. We're going to go and make our uh, give some uh, preseason awards and, and all that mm. sort of stuff coming up. So we'll continue on for the rest of the season pretty much with a uh, an episode a week for you guys with who knows, maybe a special episode here and there. So, Andrew, we're about to sign off, but uh, can you tell the people where to follow you in case they want some more Angels talk for Prospects 1500? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, at A underscore Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S, 7-7. Um, and, you know, I talk about baseball, talk, I love my memes, love my funny stuff. So, yeah, follow me. Fantastic. All right, Nate, thanks for joining me as well. Uh-huh. This is Futures Focus. Uh, podcast brought to you by Prospects 1500. We will see you next week.